I gotta ask you something. Do you people like my new hairstyle? Because you know what? It costs more money than most of your trailers. I played the role of Mr. Mom for a while. But then one day, my eight-year-old daughter, she looked up to me and she said, Daddy, you need to go back, Daddy. You need to leave those hillbillies, Daddy. Because, Daddy, those rednecks cannot wipe their asses without you. What a shit and cross the deck helmet. Welcome to the Federation Podcast. I'm Tyler Fudge. And I'm Travis Fudge. You can follow the Federation on Twitter, at the Federation. You can go on Facebook, the Federation Podcast. You can go and listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, Federation.com, MoFudge.com, but not Spreaker, cuz. Spreaker sucks. And with that being said, you can buy our fucking t-shirts, our glorious t-shirts at whatamaneuver.net. Nothing else will be said because we have... A interesting show to speak about this week, and that is the TNA anniversary show, the first anniversary show. Number 50. Number 50. So, two weeks shy of a year, TNA can't do math, but what they can do is put New Jack in a match with Mike Saunders and make it hell entertaining. You thought that that was entertaining? I loved it. Other than Shark Boy, I thought that that was a dud. I, I maybe it's just New Jack. I just love you know New Jack. Shark Boy in the crowd channeling his inner Jack Kelly with his big hands <laughs> that are fake, just cheering him on. Um, it, it, the ending was great, but I I found quite a few more things on this show to be much more entertaining than that. Well, yes, no, that that I will agree with. And you I'm completely. not talking about the main event. No, the main event is nothing to write home about at all. Because I mean, six pack in a tracksuit. What the fuck was that? I don't know. He must have forgot his wardrobe or something like that. Other than that, I mean, it was really cool to see Sting do something that no one ever really ever talks about. Yeah. The fact that he was in TNA for a cup of tea in 2003. Yeah. Basically an exchange of world wrestling all-stars is essentially what that is. That's what it was, hey? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Not really an exchange, but like uh, they were doing a Jeff Jarrett Sting title match. Is that the Puerto Rico company? Yeah, I think... Or is that WWC? Oh, no, it's WWC because that would be uh, the Cologne's thing, the World Wrestling Council. Yeah. So, and, but, uh, the, uh, it was basically a unification title for the NWA TNA title and the World Wrestling All-Stars title. 
which Sting had, and obviously Jarrett had the NWA title. And uh, Jarrett and TNA said that they will not do the match if Jarrett loses. Oh, boy. So that's what happened there. But uh, before we get into TNA number 50, the first anniversary show, Travis, backstage tensions between Jeff Jarrett and Raven. Oh, boy. They have continued and gone through the May 28th show till now. When uh, So Raven arrived to a building, and he tried to pull over a scheduled match with Disco. So uh, they say that Raven stirs up a lot of shit, but it's also a fact that he's so passionate about the show, and he makes it personal when people try to change his shit. So he gets really upset. And that is why Jeff Jarrett and him have been clashing of late. Well, Jesus Christ, he's changing Vince Russo's shit. When it's <laughs> Raven, the guy that should be doing everything in terms of his own creative control. Yeah. When you have Russo telling you what to fucking do, it, that's it, got to be bad. It, it's got to hurt the soul. Make you feel a little dirty. But also, Jeff, they say, is as passionate as Raven, so it causes them to, uh, to clash. And I guess that... He he had a little role tonight in the main event. But his future is not the main event. No, and, and the last couple times we've watched it, Raven hasn't been big. Or the last time we watched it, Raven really wasn't even in it. I wasn't the last was. time that we watched it, Raven was in between the whole thing where he had no more commitments with TNA? Yeah, I think so, maybe. So, like, without a doubt, you add that to it. And you've got a little tumultuous situation behind the scenes in TNA. But they're definitely... Um, Leading Raven into the spotlight once again on this show yes. with the gathering kind of taking its um, fruition. I guess it's coming. It's finally coming to be. Yes. And then you also have um, who was I guess. Do, do you want to get into the show because this kind of relates to the uh, beginning of the show? I uh, okay. Do you have some more. I got to talk one about? last thing to talk about. Okay. Well, the fact that he's uh, got a feud going on that's obviously planted in the main event. Yes. Yeah, you can't really... He's going to be around. Yes, exactly. Um, but also, before this episode, or pay-per-view, they uh, they had announced that there would be a live party and meet-and-greet for uh, fans that had bought the $45 Golden Circle tickets. What's the uh, Golden Circle oh, I, ticket? I may insert P joke here, I guess. Okay. Yeah. So you buy a ticket and you get That'd a bunch of wrestlers to piss shower. in your face. That'd yeah, they're standing shower. in a circle. Okay. So this okay. just be a golden circle. This is like uh, Bukaki, but with, but with uh, P. With P, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But TNA officials decide just to let everybody in on the the party. Wow, that's quite a Bukaki session that right is, there. That's, that's a lot of calm. That's that's a lot of piss, piss, Tyler. Calm and piss. piss. It's a big golden circle, okay? I'm sure somebody's getting off of this golden circle, so there's going to come something. Oh, it's probably Bob Ryder. Oh, that, that ugly son of a bitch. Shh. Shh. And yeah, so that basically that is it for the news. I got a little bit other news sprinkled in with the matches where it fits, but these two really had nowhere else. So I figured let's get them out of the way first. That's totally fine. But it is NWA TNA number fifty. It is the one year anniversary, and if you are like me, you thought that this was the NWA fiftieth anniversary when you first read this title. But, alas, it is the yeah, one yeah. year anniversary of NWA TNA, and we start off with a chop suey rip off song. Is it Chop Suey? Because I thought it was Toxicity. That's Chop Suey. Is it Chop Suey? Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's wait, Chop Suey. Wait. Wait. Dun, 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 dun. 
Oh, that's toxicity. toxicity. Holy that's toxicity. shit. So, yeah. How does Chop Suey go? Uh, uh. Wake up. Oh, my God. Because this is the theme song that they used for Test when he came into TNA in like 08. Is it really? Yes, yes, it is. Yeah. Oh, my God. They reused this song so much, and all this time I thought it was Chop Suey, but it's totally toxicity. I stand corrected. And this is June 18th, by the way. Is it really? July July 18th. July 18th? No, it's June. Yeah, I thought it was June, June 14th. I don't know. So much conflicting reports here. Yeah, the, the cage match thing says July, June 18th? No, it says June 14th, actually. I, photoco- I, I just copied and pasted, bro. <laughs> oh, man, you know what? I'm so stupid. I'm thinking of the Ring of Honor show right now. Oh, have you been watching that one already? No, but I have it copied and pasted, and that was the last oh. thing I did before I came here. Okay, okay. Two fails for me already at the beginning of the show, but a limo arrives outside and Wes and Tanae are debating that this is Sting. Sting is coming through a limo. He's not coming through any dark force or anything like that like Sting would usually come through. No, he's not going to come from the ceiling. But it turns out the Target's uh, Employee of the Year, Shane Douglas, somehow rented a limo to the NWA (laughs) TNA tonight. (laughs) So, yes. This is Sting's first match in North America in two years tonight. He is main eventing with Jeff Jarrett against AJ Styles and a mystery opponent. But I'm pretty sure in 2006 when Sting came back uh, to TNA with mm-hmm. that Christian Cage, yeah. Monty Brown, Jeff Jarrett match, they said that this was Sting's first match since 2001. They totally glossed over this return. They forgot that, that Sting even was working there before. I'm pretty sure they did. Fair enough. So I mean, it's, it is very forgetful. Definitely. I'm pretty sure he only had about two or three appearances. Yeah. And um, we start off the show. Teen, uh, it's the TNA first anniversary. So Tanae says that they have a new set for the one year anniversary. And it's, it's the ugly set. Nothing much. No, it's, it's the ugly set. They quickly change it. I'm yeah. pretty sure like within the next. Well, what? When, when does. I suppose we got another year. Until Impact starts? Yeah. Yeah. I'm it's pretty sure they changed the right? stage between that and then, though. Yeah. Oh, really? To the to the tunnels, the two tunnels. Because no, I'm pretty sure that that's that's impact. Right yes, there. but like, isn't this the last thing before? I feel like they make tweaks to it because this is a pretty rough looking stage. I suppose. I suppose. So, our first I, well, one thing we should mention is that going into this episode, we have been told AJ Styles is now the TNA Heavyweight Champion. And he did something very dastardly to get it. Yes, and we don't know what he did. Because usually when we watch a TNA episode, we're uh, prefaced with about an eight-minute video package. That, that covers the last five weeks. More than that, but the last <laughs> fucking five months. Yeah, yeah. But I suppose being the, uh, being the uh, TNA one-year anniversary, they have, if you probably timed all the flashbacks together... You probably got your your eight minute fucking. Some of video. them were so pointless. Oh fucking the midget, the midget beating off in the garbage can. No, puppet the midget killer is one of the greatest things in TNA history. But beating off in the fucking garbage can, how is that a one year highlight? One of the greatest things in TNA history. That doesn't. Yeah, but that's just. But now all of the dust, TNA. all of the dusty roads things. That was stupid. Why? Who gives a? Okay, I'm sorry, guys, but who gives a fuck about dusty roads in TNA? Yeah, no, I agree. Really, I agree. Especially when it's Russo and Dusty Square. When it's like the Raven thing, or when AJ wins, or when yeah. Jarrett wins. 
when um when fucking Ron Killings becomes the first ever NWA champion in wrestling history. I would even go so black. far as on the first flashback, Roddy Piper cutting his promo on Russo. That's memorable because that's when Roddy Piper accused Russo of killing Owen Hart. Oh, really? That should be a TNA moment right there. Yes! When Roddy Piper considers that yes! Russo killed Owen Hart. He fucking shoot called him a killer on the show. That should be... That's gotta be a moment. When you're actually in the company and you consider that a highlight of your career when the lead heel is convicted of murder by a crazed lunatic like Roddy Piper. I'm not... I'm not I'm, I don't own Impact, though. Okay, from a fan's point, that's great. They didn't do the entire Owen Hart thing, but they did call him a fucking murderer on live TV. Like, what the fuck is this? I'm condoning this. I'm the leader of the company, and this is one of the greatest moments in our fucking company's history. <coughs> well, hey. There's okay, something so, wrong there. No, I agree. I agree. But, I mean, we do see a Jerry Jarrett interviewer later on, and... Well, you know. Buddy, that was riveting television. They, they should have... We sh- I should have had to pay Impact for letting me watch that for free. Right? Yeah. That, that was so bad. Yeah. That was I wanted horrible. to skip it, but I knew that we were covering this. So well, I- exactly. It's hard, to, it's hard to skip anything that you're covering, right? But, Travis, let's get into our first match. We're uh, ten minutes in, so we might as well even mention one of the matches on the card, I suppose. Uh, nah. Who cares about how long this takes? And that's true. But this is D'Lo Brown, Frankie Kazarian, making his Impact debut. Fresh off of his great showing in Ring of Honor. Yes. And Sandman, who, by the way, does not enter the ring. Not even the apron until the match is over. Really? Yes. Against David Young, Don Harris, and Sonny Sayaki. Where's Ron White Power Harris? He must have been uh, with the clan. Uh, fair enough. I mean... Maybe he's the Grand Dragon. Maybe. Maybe. He had a big ceremony that weekend. <laughs> <laughs> but literally, okay, so the match, his Sandman's team is walking to the ring. Where does Sandman go? Do you know? I can't even remember. He walks through the crowd. He is, they go down the ramp, Sandman goes off to the side and comes through the crowd. Okay? The match starts, Sandman's still in the crowd. I remember that. I remember that. He's just smoking and socializing with the crowd at this point. Yeah, he's, he's, he's hitting on girls, getting drinks. When he gets back in, he just moseys around the ring. Does he even actually get tagged? No, no. You know what he does from bell to bell, okay? You know what Sandman does? I don't know. He grabs Ron Harris by the foot and throws him off the apron. Don Harris. Don Harris. And then they brawl outside. And that's it. The belt... I'm going to get to the end. Fuck um, it. Actually, um, so... <laughs> Kaz was great. Kazarian was fantastic. He was amazing. Um, D'Lo Brown is... I think he's going to be squandered now as a talent now yeah. that him and AJ Styles cannot be a tag team, which was a very surprisingly great tag team. And very short-lived. I thought it would have lasted a little bit longer. We At actually covered shot. the entire duration of their tag team history. Well, kind of. We, we covered three weeks. Not week by week, but no. we pretty much reviewed their first ever match yeah. as a tag team. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we did. So, uh, no, second match, I believe. But Don Harris, no, though. first. The Harris brothers in general, the Blues brothers, whatever you want to call them, DOA, they try and wrestle like big guys, as if they're fucking Sid Vicious or Kevin Nash or Kane or Undertaker. They're, they're what, six, seven, maybe? But they're just shy of being that tall to do those moves. Yeah. And they're not built like brick shit houses either. No, they they're got skinny. bellies. Yeah, and they got pot bellies and shit like that, you know? It really makes them look goofy when they try and do these big guy moves, like big boots and stuff, to people that are just their size. Like, D'Lo Brown getting a big boot by Don Harris. Especially when, I think it's, was it Ron Harris that wears the D'Lo Brown singlet? 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure he Really? Does. That just makes a big guy look small. Right there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That is just gross looking. Um, but yeah, no, it's... it's D'Lo hits a frog splash and he gets the win. Sandman then decides to come into the ring with three more beers left in his bush light case. He's wearing an ECW shirt. Yeah. He, if you haven't noticed, but he wears that every week in ECW. No, he wore a TNA shirt did one he? week. Yes. Oh, okay, yeah, he did wear just the, the, the cross the line logo or whatever the fuck it is. No, just the, the, yeah, the, the red yeah. TNA logo. Yeah, that's, I think that's, I, don't know, I just called it cross the line. Okay, fair enough. But, like, you're asking for trouble when you do that. Yeah. You're asking for a lot of trouble because well, they never WWE did get in owns the library at this point. Yes, but they never did get in trouble. Crazy. Yeah. Well, Crazy. you know what, though? That that begs you to ask, you know what I mean? High Spots has the ECW fan cams, which is fan cams of the shows. But imagine that today. Yeah. If someone on Ring of Honor television was wearing an ECW shirt. If Bully Ray came out and wore an ECW wrestling t-shirt. He would be t-shirt. stoned to death. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, in TNA they had to do, what was it, Extreme 2.0 or Team Extreme 2.0? Yeah, EV 2.0. EV 2.0. Makes no goddamn sense. Like, what would tell you that EV 2.0 means ECW? Was it EV 2.0? It was EV 2.0, I'm pretty sure, I'm right? pretty sure it was EV 2.0 because it was second, right? Oh. It just makes no sense. Uh, but, yeah, Sandman comes in with his bush light, and uh, they get attacked by the rest of the members of Sex. Yeah, I mean... Like, and Frankie and them, oh, fucking, you left us high and dry? Fucking, yeah, you got beer? We'll drink the beer. It's kind of like Stone Cold and Taz. Pretty much, right? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Mike Saunders coming out as if he'll even provide any help towards the situation. None whatsoever. He'll hinder his team, if anything. The worst fucking wrestler in the world. Yeah, and he's the, his attire tonight for his match, too. is Kevlar just, fucking oh my body God. armor. That, I thought, was great. That's good heat, in my opinion. I guess. But, yes. like, that white bandana. And, the, oh, he looked like... He looked... Like a boy band member, essentially. D12, but he's white. <laughs> a D12 member through pigment uh, augmentation. Sure. That came in. That took... That was way You, you got it out, though. It just it was just really hard to get out, so it lost its luster. But uh, Sting and Jared come down, and they even the ads with uh, ads, the baseball bat and a guitar, and the crowd goes insane. Yeah, um, I mean, the heels... I mean, sex... They held uh, Sandman arm by arm as if they're um, lashing him with Singapore canes. And as if... In a crucifixion pose. As if it takes more than two people to hold a belligerent drunk person back. Right. Because you can tell he is off his gorge. That's probably why he wasn't in the ring. He was just fucking drunk out of his mind. We then see uh, Don West and Tanae. And Don West is wearing a shirt tonight that makes it look like he has drenched his black dress suit in baby oil. (laughs) He is wearing a satin... Maybe satin or um, uh, what, what, silk? cashmere, Cat, silk, si- something yeah. like that. He's, he's wearing a very, very silky shirt. Very shiny shirt. Looks like um, looks like Randy Orton went backstage and kind of just doused him in some fucking baby oil. No, yeah, like, so basically he's Roman Reigns. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, Tanae advertises that Conan and a fella named Armando is the new Spanish play-by-play team. And they show them standing and pointing to a TV with no headsets on or a table. <laughs> so like... Conan has now been relegated from backstage racist to Spanish announce table slash backstage racist. But he's also still backstage racist, as we see later on. That's what I'm saying. He's now both of it, but he's delegated to now going down to Spanish announce table, which will eventually lead to him just not being on TV. 
No, he'll be on TV until he uh, gets sick from LAX, man. He's What does he do? I suppose he's in two live crew or three live crew. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That that's we see the formation of it. Yeah, it's Conan. We see yeah. the formation of yeah. it tonight. Oh, yeah, so we is. literally do. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck. This is how Conan gets I back totally on TV. I BG James was even in that segment. And that was one of the best great. segments of the night. It was. It was great. And we'll get to that one later. But um, Tanae starts to tell us that we will see the greatest TNA moments of the past year. Let's get the drinking contest going because he talks about the greatest TNA moments of the past year too much tonight. As if TNA has been a fucking illustrious company so far. Yeah, yeah, and you get that here where it's the Roddy Piper and Russo bit. Jarrett confronting Russo, uh, as in not joining Sports Entertainment Extreme. Where they say it's from December 17th of 2003. Oh boy, boy, what a flub. Impact, on Explosion, are still putting out fucked up name tags, hey? I've seen that. Marche Rocket on Impact last week, never even got a name tag. Um, Botchamy <laughs> needed quite a few of them on really? the last one, yeah. That's a, that's one I need, I need to catch up on. I haven't probably watched the last like two months of it. Oh, it's a WrestleMania one this week. Oh fuck, it's fantastic. Good. Okay, I'll have to I'll have to check that one out. And then the last one is uh, Russo and Dusty square off. Yeah, they all sucked. But speaking of Vince Russo, Travis, he comes down to said toxicity ripoff being the skinny version of that '70s guy, Mike Awesome. And I'm gonna say he looks like Charles Bronson going to a bowling alley. <laughs> Virgin Mobile, folks. Uh, so, uh, let, let's, let's see. Russo is, he first compliments his hair, saying it's worth more than these trailer trashes trailers. Mm-hmm. He then claims that his daughter told him that regnecks can't wipe their ass without you, Daddy. And that she begged him to come back to TNA. Yes, he then tries to ignite a civil war between the North and the South. <laughs> just by just trumping everything they believe. What in. in the fuck is going on? He's literally praising the WWE over TNA at this point. Yeah, it's well. This this is proof that Russo is just an absolute fuckhead. You know yeah. what I mean? It's to think that anybody paid money to see this bullshit. It may, it makes no sense, and especially putting AJ Styles next to him, which happens now, where he announces you know AJ Styles, blah blah blah, right? Like. He comes out and is like, I believe in you, Russo. Whatever you say, I'll do. That then, well, that leads, what, D'Lo Brown to come down? And it's just, D'Lo Brown's, you know, jaded, but he just had a match, so, you know, he's sweaty. I, I, I honestly don't know what to say about this fucking segment. It's fucking stupid. You know, Russo is pretty much contradicting himself in the entire fucking... Yeah. In the entire promo, talking about how he's back now and he's not alone, and you know, like he was never alone. He was the leader of the group fucking sex. He's had multiple people around with him all the time. He's trying to make it sound like that he's been on a fight, a tirade against TNA for months by himself, and now he's finally got AJ Styles behind him. Yeah, no, and I think that's probably a knock towards him and Jeff Jarrett. Probably. You know what I mean? It, that's probably what that stems to. But um, AJ does say that he's a champion, and they're all food st- all, all on food stamps. Which that line from AJ Styles, like, oh, okay, you know, like, what's really ironic about this is you're from here, you know, this area, you know, like you came from this. Yep. But that's the whole point of it. Tanae comes in, tries to talk some sense out of AJ, saying he's been brainwashed by a has been son of a bitch. 
And like, D'Lo starts dropping some hot terms like uh, him and Russo used to be thick as thieves and they created the persona <laughs> that he utilizes to this day. Says he uh, drops uh, another hot term like mid-carter, calls Russo a piece of shit. Oh. Then Russo rebuttals by saying that he made him and Vince didn't think that D'Lo was worth his shit. You know, like, yeah, it, it's you really got to use that cheap heat yeah. in TNA. It really with the Russo, that's all that happens. I was like, "Come real, bro." It's just a fucking idiot. Um, so let's see now. Uh, Russo, though, okay. So Russo says that if Dilo wants to be a part of the show, the spot is open. The role of Russo's little bitch. That was a great line. Yeah, it, it was okay. That I loved. Then they just start brawling. Well, Raven comes out to make the save to even the odds, and Shane Douglas then comes out and piles on with the Styles and Russo and. I don't know what's coming from this, but I already don't like two-thirds of it. I can tell you what's coming of this. Oh, what is this? So we're going to get a Raven and Shane Douglas match. Coming no, down I, no, I mean, like, like, are they making a stable, is what I'm asking. No, I'm pretty sure Shane Douglas' reign is quite short, but I... Um, so someone... <laughs> no, I'm telling you what's going to happen. No, right? I mean, Shane Douglas is like, yeah, no, yeah I can see his reign being short, because he's... I, I, I'm gonna. I don't know if we're ever gonna get to it because it might be one of those shows that we just decide not to watch. Yeah. Or it might be another show in June. Shane Douglas and Raven have a match together. Okay. Shane Douglas ends up puking in the ring. <coughs> like he fucking full on pukes ringside on the side of the apron because oh, he's that fucking gassed. And then we see James Mitchell and Vampiro come out to shave Raven's head with sheep shears. Which is when Raven's head starts to fucking get all bloody and stuff. That's where this leads. I don't give a fuck when it is. We're watching it. It's a good. It's a good segment. But Shane Douglas does puke his ass up I just in the middle of the it. ring. It's I want to do it just to see that because that sounds. So by the end of the night, by the end of this show, let's figure out what pay per view that one is. Yeah. Hopefully, it's in July because it's worth watching. Yes, yes, it sounds like it is. So uh, backstage we've got Goldie and she's with Tracy and some other chick. Veronica. Veronica. Fair enough, let's say let's just use random fucking names that nobody remembers. And they're trying to do something about sexism in TNA. In TNA. So let's see. Their name. Tits and ass. Their main group. Sex. Their, their subgroup among sex. Triple X. They have caged dancers. Yes. And not even to mention the person trying to provoke this uh, anti-sexism war is Tracy wearing a fucking schoolgirl's outfit. Yeah. It is stupid. Yeah. It, 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 like, whoever wrote it is stupid, and it makes Tracy and Veronica look stupid. You know what I mean? Like, sure, they're heels, but you shouldn't make ever, anybody look that stupid. It's, it's stupid. So, have I said stupid enough? Um, no, not enough, considering how bad this show was. Yeah. So basically what they're trying to say is that they can't fight with the men and it pisses them off. So, uh, they they do have a name for each other, though. They're called Bitch Slap. And, uh, Eric Watson comes this out. This is worse than fucking PMS. <laughs> the Pretty Mean Sisters from WWF. You remember them? <laughs> yes. And then we get fucking Eric Watts. Eric Watts, yep. Yeah, he's, uh, he's pissed off that Goldie's gonna interview, uh, Kid Cash because he beats women. One thing though, when 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 Eric Watts goes out to the ring later on tonight, I am shocked of how 
fucking tall that cocksucker is. Oh, he's a big dude. Yeah. Big dude. There was a reason why he uh, kept on getting very unwarranted pushes. Yes. But I see that. this entire saga between Eric Watts and Kid Cash ends up delivering. With a bit. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with, with, with somebody. Yes. With somebody yeah. debuting. Yes. A TNA original making their debut that actually ended up leaving a pretty good mark on the company. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. There, we'll get to that later on because I almost gave it away and I don't want to talk about it anymore because I'll give it away. But, uh, Travis, I'm sure you really like this segment. This segment upcoming was pretty great. We have uh, Julio De Niro and Alexis Larry outside just worrying about Raven. Against the fence. And all of a sudden we see our our boy from ROH, CM Punk. With his nipples pierced. With his nipples pierced. <laughs> he is looking to join the gathering and Raven's, um, Alexis Larry, sorry, says that Raven's pretty hot right now and you don't want to deal with Raven when he's pissed. I wonder who else is like that. I wonder. Oh, I wonder who else is hmm. like that. Oh, hey, it's CM Punk. <laughs> um, he ends up uh, saying that, you know, quote CM Punk nevermore, and he walks away. Yeah. Doing the Raven pose. Yeah, so we uh, get this oncoming the entire night, and we also get this in our... Um, our ROH. Our other promotion that we review, Ring of Honor. Yeah. So uh, it's like it's weird how this it's a cross line. company feud yeah. right now. Well, like, this was at the time though when TNA and ROH were using. Oh God, yeah. Right? Considering how many people like Kazarian, AJ Styles, Tyler. The next fucking show that we watch for Ring of Honor has Paul London versus yeah. AJ Styles for the NWA Championship. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. So that tells you that, and then uh, so uh, speaking of Paul London. Well, I was going to say, speaking of AJ Styles, the next TNA flashback was AJ Styles winning the X Division title. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. That one you can get behind, but then it's Chris Saban and Paul London in a great X Division title match. I would say that this was second to best match of the night. Fair enough. Which which other match are you talking about? I wonder. I'm trying to think now. Um, the tag oh. team title match. Oh, okay. For yeah. sure. Yeah. That was the best match of the night, bar none. Fair enough. Okay, yeah, I got you. Um, starts off with fast, fast-paced uh, chain wrestling here. Um, it's Paul Lennon and Chris Saban, of course. Obviously, Chris Saban is now part of Sax. Yes, is, that, what, is yes. that what's being revealed here? Yes, and he uh, this is a second title defense, and he won the X title against a match between Red and Lynn in the May Fourteenth episode, which we don't see anything about. No, no more Red and Lynn on this show. No more Dick Jerry Lynn trying to prove a point. <laughs> it's just Jerry Lynn, kind of. Rightly so, being a dick to Just Incredible. Yeah, which, I mean, who can't be a dick to Just Incredible? Yeah, he fucking sucks. Um, London attempts to dive to the outside onto Saban, and Saban reverses it and pops up onto the apron. Uh, London runs Saban into the post and then dives off the apron onto Saban using a shooting star press. Oh, beautiful. Oh, beautiful. In ring, London spills over the top ropes. He uh, tries to skin the cat. He gets thwarted when Saban kicks London right in the midsection. Saban ends up diving to the outside onto London. Later on, London fails to hit a crossbody and lands on Saban's knee for a two count, which is another beautiful spot. Yeah, I can't really actually know. I can't really recall that one. Um, it, it was in the ring. Uh, he did a crossbody block like a Terry Funk moonsault like yeah, thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, he ends up getting a. Uh, Saban just kind of puts his knee down for a backbreaker. London just runs right into the knee of Saban. Nice. A beautiful spot. That elicited a two count. Um, the crowd's starting to feed into London as he fights off an abominable stretch. Uh, London hits a reverse head scissors. Beautiful. From the corner on Saban. Oh, my God. 
Um, London goes for a fiery comeback. He's selling his ribs after all the work that Saban has put into working on his midsection. CM Punk makes an appearance. He sits into the corner of the ring, a la Raven. Yeah. Me- it? I don't know what this leads to because they keep on mentioning that CM Punk would be a great fit to the X Division. Mm-hmm. Sure, if you want to make your X Division sloppy. Yeah, and at the same time, CM Punk, he he is not a great fit for any cruiserweight, light heavyweight, or X Division no. competition whatsoever. He never has been. No. At this point, in TNA, you could use him for tag team fodder because yeah. he's going to get lost in the shuffle in a mid-card Easily. at this point. Easily. So, while he's doing that, London reverses a Frankensteiner with a top row powerbomb. London hits a shooting star press while the ref checks on Saban. So, while the ref is uh, checking on Saban, CM Punk hits a Raven effect onto London. And uh, Saban ends up hitting a future shock for the win. We, uh, Saban retains the X Division Championship. Yeah, it was it was a really good match. Fantastic. Yeah, it was. Um, the uh, the powerbomb spot, I believe, is called the London Calling. Okay. Yeah, cool. Name. I love that. I thought the London Calling would have been the Shooting Star Press. I forgot. So well, yeah. maybe maybe he does call the Shooting Star Press the London Calling. It, it's not. That could be it. That really could be it. Yep. Because by the time he gets under WWE, his finisher is 450. Oh. Yeah. I'm, I, I wasn't watching WWE back then. You never watched WWE when I London know, was I there? I know nothing about London Kendrick. I've never seen a match. Before that, it was Paul Lennon and Billy Kidman. That's when Billy Kidman botched the shooting star press and he stopped doing it because he fucking knocked Chavo Loopy. I've seen that, but I've never, I've never, no, I wasn't watching. Uh, they had a decent cruiserweight division at that point. Yeah. Yeah. There's a reason why we're doing this er- these eras. You know what I mean? It's it's. There's a few underlooked things that are pretty great about yeah, this era. Exactly. So Travis, New Jack don't give a shit about Mike Saunders. His ass is going to get whooped, and he says, "This ain't WCW. What's going down won't even be sanctioned." He's going to gouge his eyes out and rip his heart out. <laughs> <laughs> Shark Boy, though, he then appears, and New Jack ain't got time to play tonight. Sharky has Hulk gloves. And New Jack gives him five minutes because he don't know wrestling moves. So uh, this won't take long. He ends up admitting he knows no wrestling moves. <laughs> but what I love the most about this segment was when Sharky appeared and New Jack said that he can't play no games tonight. He's like, no twister, no games with the white women. <laughs> <laughs> New Jack on the mic is fucking gold. He is absolute fucking well, if, tremendous. If, if like you and I are very familiar with sh- New, uh, New Jack's uh, shoot interviews, oh, his documentary, his stint on uh, Beyond the Mat. Yeah. He's that, entertaining. He is so entertaining. Yes, he is entertainment personified in in the most violent way. Yeah. Um, but what was really nice behind all this, Kid Cash sneaks. Well, they're behind a cage yes. the entire time. Yes. So Kid Cash goes into the cage, or goes outside the cage, and he's thanking the scary dude for helping him last week. He leaves him treats and asks for help tonight. Said scary dude throws something at the cage, and Cash runs away. Is this supposed to be Slosh from the uh, right? Sloth? Yeah. From yeah, the yeah. Goonies? Hey, you guys! May as well just fucking toss him a Babe Ruth. Yeah. Um, we got some best of moments here featuring Jasmine St. Clair of uh, ECW fame yeah. giving Jeremy Borash a um, lap dance. And also Puppet the Midget Killer. No no masturbation in this one. Nope, Kane's Mike Don West. And then Chris Rock promoting his movie at the time, Head of State. Yeah, saying that NW is the best wrestling in the world. 
hey man, at least he was convincing doing it. And Chris Rock's a pretty big star. No, I agree. At that, this, this point, too? Dude, when I seen that, I was like, oh, wow, Chris Rock was on NWA TNA? They elaborate more on it on the um, the Top 50 Moments of TNA History DVD. Okay. Where um, they actually talk about how he was doing some filming for the movie in that area or for in the asylum. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It, uh, it It's a pretty good story from TNA's viewpoint, at least. Fair enough. Fair enough. Travis... It's time for the Hard 10 Tournament semifinal match. And this is between Mike Saunders and New Jack. Now, Travis, what exactly is the Hard 10? Do you know? So it's a hardcore tournament. Yes. Uh, I, but it's the Hard 10 Tournament. I, I know exactly what it's this about. This is for the fans. I know it, but God damn it, this is so fucking it stupid. Is. It really is stupid, but New Jack brings it around for me. Um, so the point of the match is you have to hit your opponent with an object... Ten times. Not necessarily. Well, you know what I mean. Well, no, there's point systems. That's true. You're right, actually. Sorry. One point's awarded for a direct hit with an object. Five points for pointing your opponent through a table. And there's ten points needed to win. And you have to lead by two points. Oh, to win. Mm-hmm. Oh, you fair have enough. to lead by two points. Fair enough. So I it can go that. over ten points if necessary. That's true. That's true. So, Travis, do you want to see the, the uh, tournament bracket? No, but, I mean, <laughs> I, I know that you have to do it. So, uh, Mike Saunders and Brian Lee. Saunders wins. Heads to the He beat the Underfakers. He did. He did. New Jack and Slash. Obviously, New Jack wins. Sonny Siaki. Personification of hardcore, obviously. Ace, the in, the ace in the hole, man. Exactly. Against Vampire Warrior. Gangrel. Sonny Siaki wins. That's bullshit. It's so stupid. That's fucking bullshit. Then the Sandman against Devin Storm. Sandman wins. Which might have been a fun match. It could have been. Crowbar against Sandman? I can get behind I've always liked Devin Storm. Yeah. So uh, the two semifinal matches are Mike Saunders and New Jack against Sonny... Sorry, not them against, but... And then Sonny Siaki and the Sandman. That would be the semifinals. That would be the semifinals. So next week we probably get Sonny Siaki and the Sandman. Yes. And what does this lead to? A TNA World Title match? I don't know. If what the fuck does anything. this lead to? Honestly, I this have no idea. And apparently, there's no hardcore title. TNA's never had a hardcore title. Later on, we realize that there's another tournament going on for the tag team titles, the Asylum Alliance Tournament. And that culminated here. Yeah. There's so much going on. This is this show pisses me off in a way. Yeah. That there's just too much shit going on. They still fail to realize that they don't give any breathing room in between the nope. ends of matches and... And then the segments following. Yeah, no, they're cramming so much into two hours. We're to the point now where if you look at Impact now, it's not even two hours long. It usually ends ten minutes too. And, and this right here, this is two hours long. Yeah. Oh yeah. But you'll even have if you watch an episode of Impact, at least thirty minutes of it is stuff you've already seen later on that night, right? Because like they'll do full on five minute segments of something that happened earlier just watching it again yeah that's it you'll come in for commercial break and you're just you know earlier tonight here's five minutes of the end of the last match it's like you couldn't fill that with something else on a taped fucking show they make no sense whatsoever they refuse to abide by logic yeah they do so mike saunders comes out wearing a kevlar vest hides away new jack comes out saying where the fuck is mike <laughs> <laughs> Saunders then takes an early 6-1 lead. 
for repeated baking sheet shots. Then New Jack tries a diving chair drop but the on the floor, but Saunders evades the attack. New Jack then hits Saunders in the nuts with a 2x4. Makes a 7-3. It's actually not a 2x4. It's a 1x4. But whatever. But uh, Mike's on the table. Shark Boy gives him a whole can. Jack pose, New Jack poses with it and then punches Mike in the apron. And he goes through the table giving him his remaining six points they needed to win. I love the finish of this match. The finish is great. The Hulk hands. You knew the Hulk hands were going to become a part of the match when Shark Boy. And he's in the crowd just cheering him on. This was great. This is a great tag team for what New New Jack is not going to do much in TNA, but this is perfect for him. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, time travels for TNA flashback number four. This wasn't a flashback, was it? It was the Trinity vign- vignette. They, they wrote, Dusty Rhodes' debut was there. Raven's debut, Attacking Jarrett was there. And oh. Dilo's debut. But but they do have that long Trinity, Trinity that whole vignette that we watched a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, Trinity's kind of fascinating, but at the same time, this was very unnecessary because what can you do with her? She's the only girl that can work there. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing you can do. WWE kind of dropped a ball on her, I think. Yeah. Because yeah. they had her, and they did nothing with her. You're talking about when like, the ECW revival In was 06, going on? yeah. Yeah, with Tony Mamaluke. She was with the yeah. FBI. Yeah, because look at Tony Mamaluke on the ROH, and then Tony Mamaluke you see in WWE. I, I've mentioned on this podcast before, there was a rumor in 06 that he was going to get the one 2 3 kid push. Yeah. Where he just gets wins out of nowhere yeah. on big guys. Yeah. 69's a big guy in the middle of the ring gets the win. But uh, it would have been a fine gimmick. It would oh, have yeah. been a fine gimmick totally. for Mama Luke. Yeah. A lot of people didn't deserve those pushes in 06, but Mama Luke would have deserved one. Kevin Thornton got one. But um, I guess next up is Jerry Lynn and Justin Credible. So basically the premise of this match is Credible cost Lynn a win in a match three weeks prior, and then things escalated during an interrogator segment, and I'm very upset we missed this interrogator segment because... I love the interrogator segments, especially when Ron Don Harris spew racist shit. I like the Sandman one a lot. The Sandman one He just one was didn't great. give a shit. Didn't give a fuck. But um, just incredible, you know, in typical TNA fashion, uh, the good old Dale Oliver has created a version of Prong, snap your fingers, snap your neck for uh, just incredible. Fair enough. I've never heard that song. Which would have been Tajiri's theme song in the original ECW. Oh. Oh, you've heard to snap your fingers, snap your neck. Doom, 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 doom. I have no idea. Oh, come on. I have no idea. Um, So, uh, Lynn reverses Justin Credible's offense to start. We got a great tilt to world sunset flip reversing Tombstone, a reverse into a cradle pile driver. Credible hits a dive onto Lynn for a two, then a super kick for a two count. Lynn and Credible exchange some roll ups. Credible gets the better of it, grabs the rope for the win. Yeah, the match. What, what, what more like, can you say? Yeah. <laughs> Travis, if you looked at my notes, all my notes is, is Credible wins by holding the ropes, brawling Zeus outside, and ringing the crowd. Yeah, yeah. So That's Lynn it. dives over the guardrail onto Credible in the crowd yeah. after the brawl ensues. This the- match was just a stepping stone to brawling into the crowd. Yeah. That's all it was. Yeah. The red shirt security break it up. And then yeah. we get the sit down interview between Conan, Ron the Truth Killings, and what is said to have been Mike Tanay yes. sounding a little different. Brian James impersonating Mike Tanay. At this point, he's known as BG James. BG James. Well, he would stay as BG James this whole run, wouldn't he? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so he he ends up asking racist questions. He actually kind of looks like Randy Quaid. And then he asks Conan. Kind of. He does, doesn't he? 
You ask Conan what the Taco Bell dog is actually like in real life. Oh, Tyler, for, you're, you're, are you going to mention what he asked Truth? Or you, oh, did he, you totally missed that one. Yeah, no, I I didn't write it down, but I remember it was atrocious. So first he uh, <laughs> mentions that Truth was the first black NWA champion, and yep. then he asks, what is up with you people and fried chicken? That's true, yeah, and yeah. Then, and then Truth actually starts to get into it. He's like, well, first you take the feathers off the chicken, and then, well, don't you guys eat fried chicken too? <laughs> Oh, man. It was good. It oh, was good. boy. Uh, but by the end of it, they squash the beef, and uh, Conan brings up weed, and BG James singles to cut the cut the camera, and they're going to get stoned. Because um, BG James is not in a good way right now. No, no. He's, he's a pill head. <laughs> he's yeah. a pill head. Um, Hence the extra weight he's he, got. He, he's not the uh, the rat that he is in WWE right now, where he goes on Twitter and mentions the finishes mean nothing, wins and losses mean nothing. But when he's uh, talking to Conan, he kept on. He keeps on talking about AAA and shit, and all, and just lucha in general. And every time he has to name drop a lucha move, he starts mumbling. <laughs> He's like, "So when you do that, uh, and then you uh, won the AAA uh, championship, you know." Uh, <laughs> he literally had to like mumble. He was trying to be uh, Mike today. Yeah, because Mike today is like this fucking master. He's a quizzical master he knows of everything. Lucha libre. He knows absolutely everything. He's the professor. Yeah. Uh, so, Teeny flashback number five, Midget Killer beating off in a garbage can. Yep. As with Goldilocks watches or something? Yeah. Goldilocks is trying to interview Puppet the Midget Killer while he's jerking off in a garbage can. <laughs> Travis, this brings us to my most anticipated match of the night. Me too. Kenzo Suzuki making his TNA debut and American Television TV debut. American television TV debut. That makes no goddamn sense. That's like a tweet I seen yesterday on Raw. And it said AJ Styles is the all-time greatest GOAT. Now, Travis, what does that actually say? He is the greatest he's, of he is the greatest greatest of all time. He's the all-time greatest of all time. If he's the greatest GOAT, then that means he's the all-time no, greatest they said greatest that AJ of all time. Styles was the all-time greatest GOAT. So he's the all-time greatest greatest of all time. Nice. Nice. <laughs> now that's a title. So, uh, Suzuki comes out, though, he looks like Tanahashi in a Yoshi Holy Tatsumik. shit, does he ever look like Hiroshi <laughs> Tanahashi. It's amazing. It's in my notes right here. Yeah, he's, he's basically a uh, Tanahashi and Yoshi Tatsu mix, in my opinion. The, uh, the hair? Yeah. Yeah, and so, uh, he's working for WJ in Japan. Soon to be WWE. <laughs> well, no, it, it, it used to be Big Japan. Well, yeah, no, but he's working, it was, it's called WJ now. And they also say that um, Perry is working for New Japan at the moment. Yeah, so this is a cross-promotional match. Is he really working for New Japan at the moment, though? Uh, I don't know. Would Tanae lie, lie about that? Well, Tanae also mentioned some pretty fascinating facts about Kenzo oh, Suzuki. Oh, his first match? First match was at the 2002 Tokyo Dome, and he was supposed to wrestle Bill Goldfinch at the Tokyo Goldfinch. Dome. <laughs> but in then 64,000 people. In front of 64,000 people, one of the biggest crowds in wrestling history, apparently, according to Tanae. It's let's, actually the same size as WrestleMania this year. Well, let, let's totally let's totally ignore the fact that uh, Collision in Korea held about over 100,000 people. Well, yes, but that's never, ever acknowledged by anybody, you know what I mean? Like it's... Tanae worked for the fucking company that did it. <laughs> no, I, yeah, no, I get you. But anyways, Goldfinch was injured, so he had ended up wrestling uh, Manabu Nakanishi. At the uh, yes. 2000 Tokyo Dome. So, uh, Saturn tries to pick up Suzuki and falls down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
That was a great segue. That was a great segue. <laughs> and then he fucks up a springboard. Oh, Saturn. Saturn, how the mighty have fallen. He's the one guy that I wish would actually make a difference in TNA. Because oh. Perry Saturn is a golden talent. He is. He is. Uh, he bought one thing that Saturn does still have is a beautiful top rope elbow drop. Mm-hmm. Amazing top rope elbow drop. But unfortunately for us, Credible squeaks into the ring and Kane Saturn over the head. The ref calls it a no contest. Jerry Lynn comes in for the save. Per- Perry does stand tall post match, though. He does. He does. That's, he's probably still fucked up. He just didn't know he got hit and was just like, I gotta get up. Poor guy. Like, honestly, he admits the fact that from the beginning of his WWE run on, he was all the a way mess. messed up. Can't remember a thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's sad. But hey, what can you do? Backstage, AJ says that Goldie has no trouble swallowing. Well, she says that she has a hard time <laughs> swallowing what happened last week, and then AJ says you have a hard time swallowing. That's not what I heard. Yeah, so, I mean, good guy Christian AJ Styles. taking one for the team tonight, I guess. Vince Russo got into his brain. Don't you ever diss my Jesus. Don't diss my Jesus. So we got teenage flashbacks number six. Travis? I don't have anything written down for these. Toby Please. Keith. Oh yeah, when he suplexes him, and then yep. when the um, the Tennessee um, that football team, yeah, um, yes, Tennessee Titans, Jarrett when egging they fight on the Kurt. yeah the Titans, uh, and Ron Killings getting thrown out of the ring by Brian Brian Lawler. No, no, he didn't get thrown out by Brian Lawler. He got thrown out by the NASCAR drivers, Hermie Sadler and the other guy. Oh, I thought it was Brian Lawler. No, fair enough. It looked like Brian Hermie Lawler. Hermie Sadler ended up being a partner with <laughs> TNA. He ended up having a promotion that ended up help fund TNA's fucking house shows and shit like that. He's just a wannabe that wanted to be in the wrestling business and Jared helped him all the way. Fair enough. Fucking bitch. So, the NWA World Tag Team title match, the match of the night in my opinion, I don't know if it's your opinion, but what what, what was your match of the night? Probably Paul Lennon and Chris Saban? Probably. Yeah? Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed this match between Triple X and America's Most Wanted. I guess now the tension between AMW is no more because they have not yeah. hinted at it at Within all. Within the last, what what was, this is the 50th week. The last one we did, I believe, was 45. So something must have happened. Well, yeah, in the that. last month, something happened. And they're okay now. So, as we previously mentioned, this is a part of the Alliance Asylum Tournament, which they do not reveal anything about. No. No. It's too many tournaments. There is. Triple X end up ambushing AMW backstage, and then they make their way to the ring, getting a, I guess, a clear-cut advantage in this tag team title match. Loki has a sling on here. Yeah, he wrestles for Ring of Honor. But in Ring of Honor, he had a sling last month. I don't get it. <laughs> they said that he separated his shoulder in England or something like yeah, that. Yeah. But he's wearing both tag team titles around his neck like a necklace or like a like fucking Bubba. towel. Like Bubba, yeah. And um, Triple X talks shit for a couple minutes. Uh, Daniels is talking about how he's going to Japan and stuff like that. Um, AMW end up sauntering their way down to the ring to make their commitment. <laughs> because they're sure as hell not going to get paid if they don't wrestle this match. They're not going to get their measly $100 nope. plus uh, Waffle House food. Yeah, and hopefully uh, a kickback from the party to, uh, later on the night. Exactly, exactly. So, Triple uh, X end up, at the very beginning, hitting a flapjack downward spiral on Harris. 
beautiful maneuver right there. <laughs> it is a very nice move. Um, triple X have the advantage early on, obviously. Um, we got a super uh, suplex crossbody onto Storm. Harris hits a double clothesline from the top rope onto Triple X and runs wild. Daniels accidentally nails Elix. Storm goes for a hot tag. Harris gets in, takes on both members of Triple X. Um, Elix misses his finisher, which is the play of the day, which is uh, what you would consider the overdrive. Yeah. That Beautiful. Would- Elix Skipper is chiseled out of fucking stone. He's got muscles on top of muscles. I think he is one of those competitors that really should have at least done something in WWE. He, Cruiserweight division. He should have been in the that. WWE. He, he really should have. He was he fantastic. Spent his whole career after WCW and TNA. Yeah. And that is a shame because what did they do after this? They put him with fucking Simon Diamond and David Young. Diamonds in the Rough. Oh, One of the worst tag teams. Horrible. I loved Elix Skipper, but having to put through Simon Diamond and fucking David Young was... At least his bald David Young and not creepy fucking haired David Young. Simon Diamond's an okay mouthpiece, but whenever they made them work six-man tag team matches, it was a, it was atrocious. It because was. Simon Diamond has never been a good worker. No. Never been a good worker. I don't no. give a shit what you say about Pat Kenny. He has never been good. I, hey, I'm not going to fucking... Uh, that, that was more so for... Not, not towards you, but... Um, <laughs> Harris ends up hitting a catatonic, which is his finisher, for a two-count. And then immediately after, we get an Angel's Wings on Harris for a two-count, which in Storm saves. The greatest thing about this is all four of these guys have a finisher and multiple moves that are signatured. Yes. You have got the ability to do what right there you got like six near falls you can do. Just with, you know, Harris or Storm's uh, super kick, Harris and his spear, right? Like Storm does the spear. Sorry, Storm I meant to say, yeah, sorry. Sorry. Yes. Uh and then you got uh, the Angels wings, the BME and, and the last rights. And the last rights, right? And then Elix Skipper, he just got everything. He just does everything. Elix Skipper is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, there's a reason why he was tearing up the fucking house in late WCW with AJ Styles. Yeah. That, yes, that stuff was really mm. good. Um, so, Storm's go, uh, Storm, he ends up going for an inverted DDT in the corner. Harris puts Daniels up on his shoulders, and mm. we get a doomsday inverted DDT oh. onto Christopher Daniels for a God. two count. Diggity damn. Yeah. Daniels goes for a BME setup, misses, Storm hits a great spear for a two count, and uh, with all four opponents in, there's a big schmoz going on, Loki slides a belt into Daniels. Daniels misses a chance with the belt shot, gets super kicked by Storm, and AMW hit the death sentence for the first time that I've ever seen since we've uh, recorded these podcasts. And it looks great. Personally, one of my favorite double team finishes. You're talking talking about the, the draping over the knee leg drop, right? Or, sorry, they're not draped over the knees. He just kind of, like, holds yeah. him, cradles him, and yeah. then Storm hits a leg drop. Cradles him like he's fucking him in a sling kind of deal. Yeah. yeah like, like uh, the swing sex. It's an uncomfortable yeah. looking Yeah, but it, it's, it's uncomfortable looking, but it, it, you can you look at it and it's like, oh, this guy's strong. And it's devastating looking, too. Yeah. Like, anything with someone held up and then someone hits a top rope maneuver on them yeah, looks it devastating. looks like it hurts a lot. So, that only gets a two count. Ref gets pulled out by Loki, in which he starts to sell his shoulder after he pulled him out. Oh, you've gained weight, man. <laughs> so then Storm gets hit with a title bout by Elix, which leads to the win. Triple X retained their NWA World Tag Team titles. Great match, it was. Yeah. Um, now, Travis. The original plan was to have said cage match on this episode. Okay. But the match got pushed back. 
because they were still uh, like it was because of the explosion tapings that were happening before and how they wouldn't have had enough time to set up the cage because if you look at next week's show how many cage matches did he have I did not look two really yes back to back because it takes so goddamn long to set up the cage apparently and I believe it was right at the beginning of the show Oh boy. So that, I don't think watching that full episode would be very good because it doesn't seem like it's paced very well and like TNA's not paced well to begin with. So that's probably why they made Lockdown because it just takes too fucking long to take up and set up that cage. Yeah. So they're just like, all right, once a year, you get nothing but cage (laughs) matches. Yeah. The rogue crew takes a night off and they just go home. Jesus. So uh, today though, this is when he sits down with Jerry Jarrett. He, uh, the only thing that I get from this is he says that Russo's obsessed with Jeff Jarrett and he just hopes it's not a fatal obsession. I was hoping that Vladimir Kozlov would have been here. Why? Because that's why him and Jerry Jarrett, uh, that's why Jeff Jarrett and Jerry Jarrett had their falling out. Is it? Because, uh, Jerry brought Va- Vladimir Kozlov to WWE instead of TNA. Huh. Because huh. that would have given him a lot of money, right? Right. Gave him a comedy act with Santino. But whatever. Well, you know. Well, you know. So uh, Eric Watts comes out, and this is when he. Uh, this is when we get the wife beating stuff again, and uh, Kid Cash comes out to confront Eric Watts. I'm not he, even looking at my notes. Eric is Watts is still teasing about this mystery. Eric mysteri- guy. Yeah. It's probably gonna be like fucking Eric Young or something like that. Nah, because Eric Young comes in Team Canada. With Scott Demore, doesn't he? I don't know. Well, I can't, I can't think of what other Eric it would be, honestly. Because it's, it's not Eric Bischoff, which is obviously who he's alluding to. But who knows? Like, Who is the other Eric? Eric Engel? Really? <laughs> who fucking cares, really, honestly? That's my thoughts. Um, you know, Kid Cash comes out, and he's talking about how he's happy that he beats his wife. and You know, just, or beats a bit. Uh, it's no secret in Nashville that Kid Cash beats his yes. women. I beat all women. I get goosebumps all over my body. <laughs> I'm so glad you had that. And then, <laughs> he says that if Eric wants to pretend to be a woman, he'll call him his bitch. Yes. Yes. So, uh, Watts, so he then goes to chokeslam Cash. Uh, but, uh, yeah, here comes Abyss. Well, not exactly. Oh, really? No, because on the screen... Oh, fuck me! Yeah, no, on I the read screen, that you see Goldilocks is in the cage, in the cage with, with the Abyss. monster. Yeah. And then Cash... Uh, I mean, Eric Watts goes backstage. Yes. Fucking super fast. And then gets clocked by Cash. And then we see uh, Abyss in a denim jacket yes. lingering on. Yeah. So we will soon see... Joseph Park, Chris Park, whatever his name was, Abyss. Chris, I don't know what his real name. Joseph is. was his brother. Chris was <laughs> Abyss. Yeah, brother. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Harrison Storm though they then come out and they announce that A and W and Triple X will meet in a steel cage, the first cage match in TNA history. Very anticlimactic though. It's like out of nowhere. So before Harris ends up taking over the mic, Don West reminisce over the past year and tells Tanae that this was the favorite year in my life. <laughs> you mean that year you saw B Babies wasn't? No. J- j- just analyze that grammar. This was the favorite year in my life. Oh, okay. This this was the, my favorite year of my life. Yeah, and he I, said the favorite year. Yeah, I know. This is the best year of my life. But hey, whatever. 
Poor guy. Poor guy. Hey, man. Listen, he, he can talk well when he's screaming. Other than that, though... He's not good with sentiment. No. No. He's good with one emotion and one emotion only. Hype. He stays hype. So, uh... These Beanie Babies are only available one time a year! Get this Diane, Princess Diana Nickel right now for only $25.99. Oh my god! We're selling it half off! I'm selling a Jeff Hardy autographed Louisville Slugger baseball bat. $29.99! <laughs> That's oh, legit the price, dude. But um, before we get to the main event today... No, before the- we have a stroke from doing West stuff. Before the main event happens today, ask the fans if they're ready for the main event. And he fucking throws his microphone. <laughs> throws his microphone. Mike Tanay throws his goddamn microphone to the ground. Mike drop, man. Mike drop. He's excited. But you're not getting the main event yet. Because first, we've got more TNA flashbacks. The seventh flashback of two hours. This one is Jarrett beating Styles and Russo helping Styles win the TNA title. Well, it kind of alludes to... Um, the main event. Yeah. It's basically like your little hype video. So, Travis, AJ Styles comes out. He's worried as all hell because this music has come on and nobody is coming. Vince Russo, though, he then announces that... He doesn't say this, but this is how... I, well, actually, he does say this, actually. A showman. Degenerate. Scum of the earth. No, he, he didn't say that. He said he's a scumbag, he's a degenerate, and he's also the scum of the earth. Oh, fair enough. He called him a scumbag twice. That's why I guess I wrote down showman, because why would somebody call him a scumbag twice? He fucking called this guy a scumbag twice. Fair enough. And he says, this is the tracksuit ninja, Sean Walton. Did he really say <laughs> no. that? Okay, I was supposed to say. <laughs> but no, he is the tracksuit ninja. That's what he's going to be for me forever well, and ever. He apparently, Six Pockets said in an interview recently, I don't know if it was a hot take interview or a TNA interview, he said he would never have anything to do with Russo. Yeah. So as soon as Pock comes out, he gives him the two sweet salute. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so, Travis, do you want to know why, though, it took so goddamn long for uh, Sean Walton to Oh, the God, ring? please tell me. Sean Walton was kept away from the wrestlers. Until it was time for his appearance. So this is supposed to be kept a surprise. Oh, so it's the classic trailer thing that WWE yeah. does. Once he was given his cue, Waltman entered the building with China. What? Took a second to fix his hair. And finally made his way to the arena. Huh. Waltman told more than one wrestler that he has been going through some tough times. But is doing better now. So yeah. That's uh, that's Sean Maltman in a nutshell right now backstage. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. There is also a lot of heat on Waltman for missing a May 21st show. That That's Waltman and TNA in a nutshell. He's missed so many goddamn shows yeah. of theirs. And one wrestler said that he thinks Waltman has, we just don't want him here anymore heat, a.k.a. X-Pac heat, <laughs> from the office right now. So, uh, yeah. X-Pac has garnered to get X-Pac heat without showing on up to a TNA event. You know what? As much as I like X-Pac, he definitely deserves the stigma he's gotten in the wrestling industry. Yeah. I'd really like to have him have one more match in WWE. But yeah, because he is in such good shape right now. Yeah, yeah. Like, why not? But, yeah, that guy, he, he's 
done his share of fucking up, that's yeah, for sure. he definitely did. Now, let's start this match off, Travis, with me asking you a question. What's that? Did Sting catch Styles into a Scorpion Deathlock, or what the fuck happened there? I thought that spot was fine. I thought it was fine, too, but, like, is that what happened? Like, yep. Yeah, he, he, okay. he caught Styles into the Scorpion Deathlock. Like, I seen it, and I was like, I don't know what this was. Considering all the shit that Sting did in TNA and the, the Triple H match, this was... Such an easy match to watch. It was. It was such an easy match to watch. It was. It, yeah. No. It. It was not a bad match. Right. It, like, it was a schmoz, but yes. it wasn't bad. In which every competitor ended up at least showing off some decent offense. Exactly. Kind of told the okay story, in a way. Yeah. Yeah. There was. There was a little bit of a story there. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Like basically, you know, you got the whole deal too with the baseball bat and the. Uh, the guitar, which they're obviously playing up here, you know, these guys have iconic weapons. One's a guitar and one's a baseball bat. You know, broke 10,000 guitars, never drew a dime. one, <laughs> 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 uh, no, actually. Uh, so, uh, Styles, though, he ends up doing the Scorpion Death Drop on Sting and does it better. Scorpion Death Lock. Death Lock, that's right, exactly. So, like, to me, in 2002, Sting couldn't bend down and reef on the Scorpion Death Lock. He did it like he was taking a shit on his back. That's That's usually how he did it. He never did a good sharpshooter. No. But, like, Styles, when he... Styles puts it on once, and he just fucking reefs it back, and that's how you fucking do that move. Yep. Like, even Brock Lesnar doing that King Crab Boston Crab thing that he did with Edge at Rebellion. Right? That even looked better than this. Oh, yeah. Um, You know... The sharpshooter doesn't seem like a hard move to do, but how many people get it right? It definitely takes core strength to be able to prop yourself up, you know what I mean? Like, and not hurt him while you're reefing back on him. You know what I mean? Not put all the pressure on his lower back. Like to this day, Brett to. still does the yes. best one. Yes. Even though he learned it from fucking Conan, he still does the best one. Yep. I agree. I agree. Bret Hart does have probably the best sharpshooter. Definitely better than The Rocks. Like, him and oh. Owen, man. Him, yep. him, Owen, and Benoit. Yeah, I, I'm not too familiar with Benoit's sharpshooter, actually. It's a sharpshooter. It's a jury. It's a sharpshooter. It's a sharpshooter. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Sting hits a double Scorpion Death Drop, tags in the Holy One, who drop kicks the champ in tracksuit ninja. <laughs> then we get a teenage special ref bump with... So, we, like... There's no ref, so Russo, he ends up clubbing Jarrett with a bat. And then Raven comes down again and attacks Russo. But is again attacked by Shane Douglas. we already seen this once. Why is it happening again? But goddamn, when Shane Douglas attacks Raven, fucking AJ Styles is up on the top rope. And Jeff Jarrett is supposed to boot him during a crossbody. And Jeff Jarrett puts his boot up like four seconds too early. And he keeps it there. A stand, like he's like he's trying to do a super kick, but he's just like, oh fuck, gotta hold on to the ground. I've been here so long. Yeah, that was one of the worst spots I've ever seen. Yeah, someone in a main event slot like that trying to do. It, it, it was amateur. That was fucking amateur right there. It was. It was. Jared then tries to hit the stroke from the middle rope, giving the holy one Jeff Jared the win for him and Sting. And they both beat on Russo. Sting. He separates Raven and Jarrett, and the three celebrate in the ring. Yeah. yeah, Weird ending. That was a weird ending. Well, most of the main event was weird. 
it's just odd. She's like, Sting, get your shit in. Jarrett, make yourself look better than Sting. Who cares what the next... It was a star power main event. Yeah. A, a real star power main event. Show had a couple good spots. New Jack and Shark Boy was obviously great. We had the great exhibition title match. We had a great tag team match. Other than that, it was a lackluster show with way too many flashback moments. I would say if you wanted to watch the show, watch Paul London, Chris Saban, the New Jack interview, and then the tag team match. You're good. Yep. Absolutely. But next week. Next week, Travis, we have ROH's Night of Grudges. This would be June 14th of 2003, not June 18th. I I, I, I fucked that one up. But uh, I guess to run down the card, we have the Carnage crew. Taking, Vito and Locke. Yep, taking know, the, on the Christopher Street. Yep, taking on the Christopher Street connection. Which, which I don't, we haven't seen yet, have we? No, I don't think we have. Um, which is Buffy and Mace. With Ariel. Um, not not Shelly Martinez. No, the one that fought uh, Mickey James in that one 30 match. 30-second match. Yeah. Um, Chance Becca taking on Unibrow Matt Stryker. With a Y. Yeah. Four-corner survival match, which is Chris Saban versus Homicide versus John Walters versus Just Incredible, so he cannot escape PJ Polacco. No, I'm shocked that he's still using the Just Incredible name, honestly. Yeah. Uh, Nova disqualification tag team match between BJ Whitmer and Raven taking on the Second City Saints, so we get that BJ Whitmer CM Punk feud continuing on along with the Raven one. Yeah. Then we have a singles match between Diablo Santiago against Prince Nana. I'm not looking forward to that match no. at all. No. Not even a little bit. And then we have Special K being Dixie and Mikey Whiprack being accompanied by Becky Bayless taking on the SAT, Joel Maximo and Jose Maximo. The NWA World Heavyweight title match be AJ Styles taking on Paul London. Should be a great match. Yeah. And a uh, losing faction must disband six-man tag team match. The group... C.W. Anderson, Michael Shane, a.k.a. Matt Bentley, and Samoa Joe taking on The Prophecy, Christopher what? Daniels, Danny Maff, and Donovan Morgan. And which is crazy. We've watched two of these ROH pay-per-views so far and have not seen C.W. Anderson or Michael Shane. I think we've seen C.W. Anderson in one big really? schmoz. Okay, well, maybe in that bunkhouse brawl, maybe. Something like that. I don't maybe. know. But no Michael Shane, that's for sure. No. No. That's a pretty good card right there. Oh, definitely. I, I don't expect anything less than a good show. That four-corner survival match. That should and, be really um, good. Well, the NWA title the match. NWA That's going to be off the fucking wall. And maybe Whitmer and Raven and Second City Saints. That might be a good, mm, good one, too. I, I don't see that one being good because I don't put any stock into B.J. Whitmer at all. Really? No. I don't really like B.J. Whitmer. He's okay. But uh, I'm, I'm actually expecting a lot from Matt Stryker and Chance Beckett. I've never seen Chance Beckett, but I uh, expect nothing but the best. I yeah. Uh, so that well, that's the same thing I'm going in with. I'm going by how good Matt Striker has been in the matches I've seen him in, and you know it's he can't put on a bad match. I don't think. But hey, um, I would take Julius Smokes out of this. You know his bigly heat. I'm not forgetting that. Well, I mean he's only managing homicide. Oh, that's enough. Blah blah blah. Oh, well, buddy, we got to deal that? with Diablo Santiago and Orman Tortuga. Uh, well, Orman yeah, well, that's Tortuga. the ring crew guys. That's the guys that are with the ring crew, isn't it? No. No? No, those are the fucking uh, guys that were in that fucking big um, gangsta thing. Those are the guys that took out the guy. Oh, I thought that was the guys uh, that were fighting Iceberg last month. Uh, Oman was, but they're both kind of... I can't even fucking remember now, man. <laughs> 
Either way, they're not great. No. Oh, God, no. And Prince, Prince Nana. Nana. Jesus. But no, the tag team match, the well, all the tag team matches, except for the first one, should be good. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's that's ROH Night of the Grudges, and they'll be coming to you next week, unless something happens, like the week prior, where an episode didn't come out. Not whatever, it was WrestleMania. It was whatever. WrestleMania. Yeah, everything everything was just too busy. And then, obviously, this Sunday, an episode didn't come out either. But, hey. <laughs> Actually, no, an episode did come out for WrestleMania. Yeah, we bad Blood. We weren't two weeks. Trying. No, Bad Blood came yeah. out at WrestleMania. Yeah, so yeah. we've been good. So, uh, yeah, no episode this week, but next, next or last week. But, yeah, now you got one now. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> All fucked up with my speech, bro. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything else to say about this Lackluster TNA show? No, uh, I, I I want to put it in the past. Yeah, it, that's where it belongs. And watch uh, Shibata and Okada. Great match! Mm. Oh, such a good match. Get over everything. Yeah, that is such a good match. It is a real. Oh. You you're you should watch the uh, the Tanahashi and uh, Kishida match too though. You should. You mean the Nakanishi or no? It wasn't Tanahashi. That Sorry, was, did like, I say Takahashi? Sorry. Takahashi, yeah. Sorry, yeah, I don't know what I'm thinking. But uh, the match is like five minutes long, but it's great. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I, I will. Um, I thought I had something else to run by you, too, about fucking good wrestling, but I can't remember it now. One well, match, though, I really want to see is Donovan Dijak and Keith Lee from over the WrestleMania weekend. That's supposed to be the best match of the weekend. And Keith Lee impressed a lot of people. Yeah. I saw a little bit of Keith Lee on the uh, Joey Janela. Um, oh, did you see that? You yeah, watched that? You've I, seen Marty Jannetty? I did, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the Matt Riddle and Dan Severn match was kind of fun. You yeah. Know, the cameraman kind of tripped up as Matt Riddle was coming to the ring, and Matt Riddle's just kind of like playing Helping around. Out. It was pretty funny. It was pretty funny. Yeah, no, it's, it's... There's still a lot of wrestling I want to see. I still haven't seen the ROH show. Neither have I. I got a long weekend this weekend, though. There you go. So I'll probably catch up on a lot of that stuff there. Uh, but make sure to follow uh, us on Twitter at the Federation. You can follow Travis. Uh, fudging up three three three. Um, you can go on and you know subscribe to us on iTunes. Blah blah blah. You know wherever you get your podcast from, we're there. If you can't find us, get a new podcast app. Uh, but uh, then you can go on the Federation dot com or MoFudge dot com. You can find our gallery, a link to our What a Maneuver store, all of our episodes broke down into volumes and categories for your. Pursuing pleasure. Yep. And then make sure to check me out every weekend on uh, Suplex City Limits and get your physical copies of Steel Chair Mag that this month's has yours truly. Speaking about Jeff Jarrett and TNA Impact, right behind a Jeff Jarrett interview. Well, look at that. <laughs> look at that right there. I am there. published, motherfucker. Fuck yeah. <laughs> but Fuck yeah. yeah. So uh, you can do that. And, yeah, like I said, buy our t-shirts, do all that good jazz. Travis, keep on rocking in the free world, Dan. Um, Seven Daily Sins will be out next week. Fuck yes, do, 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 do. do, do. <laughs>